Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Hey everyone, welcome back again to another episode of Active Listening uh, with Marco Galbraith, T4 Tactics. And we've got a, uh, a guest here again, uh, Dan Abbott from the Campbell County Militia Executive Officer. Uh, Dan's been with us before, did a really good talk uh, with Walt uh, from the retired Department of Treasury. And we spoke about what's going to happen after this election. We still haven't really reached that day yet because we don't know who who's going to win. Let's just, let's hope it's uh, who we want to win. But Dan's back. We're going to talk about a rally that we had yesterday. Uh, with the Campbell County Militia. Welcome. Hey, how we doing, everybody? How's Marco doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm do- a little. We were talking a little disappointed in yesterday. the The venue was great. The speakers were amazing, amazing. But I'm disappointed in the turnout. But we'll talk about that. But tell tell everybody that was listening who was there because it was amazing who was there. I was yes. very impressed. Sure. So what we did is we. Uh, Campbell County Militia sponsored an event called uh, Virginia Liberty Rally, and that was yesterday at Timbrook Park. Um, the venue was awesome. The county was uh, awesome to help us facilitate making that happen. Beautiful day as well. Oh yeah, we had weather great, was beautiful. Yeah, we had great weather. It was a little bit cold, but yeah. you know we had we had pretty good weather for uh, for this time of year. We had an awesome list of speakers. I I could not be more impressed and more proud of our our local elected officials for being willing to show up to an event that's sponsored by the Dirty Word Militia. Right. And honestly, all of those speakers came out just just guns blazing. You know, we had representatives from boards of supervisors, city councils, uh, congressmen, gubernatorial candidates, attorney general candidates. I mean, Chuck Smith came all the way from, I think he believes it, uh, I believe he lives in Norfolk. He drove all the way out here to, to speak, and he's a fantastic constitutionalist. I was very impressed with him. I'd never met him before, and honestly, I'd never heard about him before, but uh, but listening to him and his background, we have, if you if you cherish your Second Amendment and your other rights, you got to watch Chuck Smith. Uh, follow him for Attorney General for... Uh, for Virginia, man, very impressive. Mm, yeah, Super exceptionally guy. articulate. His yes. resume is absolutely tremendous. I believe he has forty-one years with a law degree. Yes, and but, and that's in Virginia, right? Practicing law in Virginia. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Yeah, um, on the on the uh, military level, civilian level. Yeah. yeah, retired from the Marine Corps. He's a yep. JAG commander. I mean, he's he's been there, done that, and born he, on the Fourth of July. And born yeah. on the Fourth of July. Yeah. Loves the Constitution. I was very impressed with him. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was also very impressed with a lot of our more local politicians. Uh, you know, I was very, very grateful that we were able to get Bob Good to come out. And he's a fantastic constitutionalist. He's willing to, you know, buck the system and push back, mm-hmm. um, which we really appreciate. The stats he gave were absolutely amazing on the county stats uh, related to COVID. And uh, and I won't go into him. Maybe we'll get him on here to talk about those stats. But uh but he had some really, really interesting, reliable, scholarly, not fake news stuff. I mean, he, he can back it up. He even said he, he can back it up. 
and he, he quoted some sources, but uh, very impressed with uh, with his uh, delivery and, and the information he gave. Wow. Yeah, you know, we had we had just a you know a fantastic slate. Even the the board of supervisors and the city councilmen, all of them were on point. They're they're constitutionalists. They're they're fired up. They're willing to stand up for the people. And I was I was very very impressed. Mm-hmm. Just a yeah, really good showing as far as local politicians uh, to show up to an event sponsored by the militia and kind of put themselves and their reputations on the line and out there and and partner with something that is really, truly constitutional at its core. And I, I could not be more proud of them. I was very impressed. Yeah, yeah, they they, they, uh, they did a great job. And they're gonna do a great job for us in the position that they're in. And that's where we are in this country, in this county. I'm so proud and blessed that my business is in Campbell County. Yeah. In, and, the, in the limits of Campbell County. I just moved out of Lynchburg and uh, say no more. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the other thing, Marco, is that uh, you know that that's that's those type of politicians is a huge part of the reason that the the militia exists or has been resurrected here recently is because you had a, a rogue legislator I believe he's from somewhere in Nova that uh, said they were going to use the National Guard to remove local elected officials if they didn't enforce the gun control. Unbelievable! And that's a huge part of why the the militia movement that portion of our constitution was resurrected when it was right it's because we said no you're not those are our constitutional elected right. officials and you won't remove them right and so that's a huge part of what we should be doing as a militia is stand behind and standing behind those who stand behind our constitution and support it and so i was i could not have been more thrilled to see us partner with constitutional elected officials i thought it was just absolutely tremendous absolutely it was a great great for me it was a great refresher of history and it was a great uh history lesson yesterday to hear uh i can't remember his name but the guy from tactical civics yeah tactical civics that's john lazoyak he's out of uh west virginia yes what an amazing amazing guy oh my goodness wow exceptionally well like hey i could listen to him all day long i think he spoke for maybe a half hour maybe roughly right yep and uh i could listen to that guy all day long with with the history and and what's wrong with government right now and what they're doing that they should not be doing. And it, it's just amazing that, that people don't know that. Yeah, and his, his command of history, uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers, all of that the history surrounding the reason that those documents exist and why they're written the way they're written, it's just absolutely tremendous. And right. it's, it's, it's lost on America. Right, right. And so, great speakers, great event. You guys had some food, free food for, for people. You fed people. Um, afterwards, uh, you put a detail together and they went up and down the road. Not only did we clean up our mess, but they went up and down the road and cleaned from, uh, I think, Moore's Country Store about a good ways past uh, the park on the roadway where we weren't even, you know, where we weren't even, where we weren't. Right, so, which you know, that's that's, that's what we do. We've, we've done outside of that too. Is mm-hmm. uh, we were able to fill in for Adopt a Highway program because they were shut down during COVID, mm-hmm. and because we're a county asset, we were able to kind of pick up where they left off, which was great. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, we, you know, everyone that was there was great. It was fantastic. A great group of people. Um, we had probably close to three hundred. I think was the uh, the yeah. last count that yeah. I heard, which is decent. But I'll be honest, Marco, I was really disappointed in the turnout of the people. I was angry when I'm sitting there looking at the crowd and listening to what an awesome event that was. I was getting angry it, it people riding by and blowing the horn and giving us thumbs up and 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 uh, yay, where are these people? I, I mean, 300 
honestly is a disgrace for this area. I think people sit back and they think, okay, they're going to have a, a Patriot event. Those guys will save the day. Those guys will save us. We need a lot more people. We need a lot. More. That There should have been 1,500 people there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Marco. And, you know, I understand people are busy, but sooner or later, we need to start standing up. We need to start pushing back. And well, they're going to be real busy when so when what's his face and what's her face take office. That's right. They're going to be real busy then. You know, our our politicians made time to be there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. with their families. With their families. Bob Good brought his family, and they're ready to push back. But we need the people to push back because you know I, I'm ready. I'll, I'll push. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put in as much time as it takes to push back. Mm-hmm. But I have to have the people behind me in order to do that. You know, I did a little bit of a quick math. And figured out what the population is for the the four counties and the city of Lynchburg together. It's uh, somewhere in their neighborhood of 425 to 450,000. And if you look at 300 people out of 425,000, that's 0.0007%. Pathetic. And yeah, I, if, I if think you're listening pathetic. and you didn't go and you just sat around the house yesterday doing Facebook posts, that's pathetic. I'm mean, I'll call you pathetic. And you know, maybe. Uh, Maybe it was our fault. Maybe we did a poor job of advertising. Maybe we didn't get the word out there. I don't know. If that's the case, um, and you're listening to this, please reach out. Let us know. Hey, Absolutely. we did a poor job advertising. And better yet, if you know a better way for us to advertise it or push it, we would love to hear it. But Yeah, yeah, we, we need to get people there. And it, it, What really torqued me as well, and it's embarrassing for them, is we didn't have one Trump sign up there when this was occurring. All we had was two American flags out by the street and we had the yellow do not tread on me flag out by the street and guys and girls were out there waving the American flag and I counted about five people within an hour that rode by blew the horn yelled obscenities and shot the bird are they shooting the bird at the American flag and the don't tread on me because again there were no Trump signs up at that time not one is is it the American flag the hatred for the American flag well, I don't get it. You know, that that was kind of my perception of it, is that if if you fly an American flag now, you, you're somehow hated by those on the left. I yeah. Mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I, I, you, I don't get that. I mean... You don't see that flag at their rallies, at the left rallies. Well, actually, you do. It's on fire. Mm-hmm. You do see it. So, that's right. But, but yeah, it's amazing. So, tell when we talk about people being motivated in getting out to these rallies, talk about the story where you worked the guy that was coding out. You were a paramedic. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell that. I like that. Sure. So uh, I spent uh, a number of years before I joined the Army as a firefighter and a medic in upstate New York. And we worked a call for a, a gentleman that he had had a heart attack while he was hunting. And somebody found him in the parking lot. He made it to his vehicle but didn't even get into it. And by the time we got in our hands on him, um, he was gone. From a legal standpoint, medical standpoint, we had every bit of evidence that we needed to call it and not work the call, not do CPR. And for those of who haven't done it, CPR is hard, hard work. It's exhausting. It is. Especially when you're a long ways from a hospital. Yeah. And I was really disappointed because we had showed up too late. And the senior medic that I was working with, he's had his card for over 30 years. And he said, nope, we got to work this anyways. I said, Steve... Why are we going to work this? We know there's no chance we're never going to get this guy back. We're just putting in time and effort for nothing. And Steve said, no, it's the right thing to do. We need to work this. 
And because Steve was senior, I said, well, all right, you're the boss, Steve, we'll do it. So we did. We did CPR all the way to the hospital. We did everything that could possibly be done from a life-saving standpoint, even though we knew there was no hope. When we got into the hospital, the, the doctor was pretty angry with us because we were doing something that we probably should not have been doing. And he basically kicked us out of the room. We went and did our paperwork. And as we're walking out the door to the emergency room, we meet his wife and his 18-year-old son walking in the door to the emergency room. And that's not an easy thing. Steve looked them in the eye and told them that we did absolutely everything that could possibly be done and some things that couldn't to try to save a husband and a father. And there was nothing we could do. And that's the same way that we should be approaching our system of government. Mm -hmm. If there's any possibility, which I think there is, and I think a lot of you will agree with me, that there's a possibility we may be going in the direction of repeating America's darkest hour, which... I would say without argument is the American Civil War where we spilled American blood on American soil. Mm -hmm. And if there's any possibility that we repeat America's darkest hour, I need to be able to look the American people that I'm accountable to in the eye and swear to them that I did everything that could possibly be done to avoid that situation. And if we're not involved in the political system, if we're not showing up to events like that, if we're not doing everything that we can do to push back before it comes to taking life, we have no business taking life. And when I see a turnout that's that poor in an event like that, where we're, we're doing everything that we can do to push back, it's disheartening. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I look at uh, countries like Iraq, and part of the argument that's made for our involvement there is that, you know, we're, we're defending and protecting people in Iraq, that we're protecting their freedom, their liberty, that that's part of the reason that we go to war is Saddam is a tyrant, he oppresses his people. Okay, um, that's well and good, but if someone else isn't willing to fight for their freedom, why should I fight for it? If you're willing to fight for your freedom, I will be more than happy. I will be the first one there to stand shoulder to shoulder with you and fight for your freedom alongside you. But I'm not sure that I'm willing to fight and die for someone's freedom who isn't willing to fight and die for themselves. Right. And that's the way I'm starting to feel about Americans, is that Americans aren't willing to sacrifice. They aren't willing to give up a nice Saturday to go out and, and protest and try to push back and support their local elected officials and support the agency that constitutionally exists to restrain government and protect people's liberty. If we can't be bothered to do even that, is all hope lost? And 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 that's and that's true. Expand on that a little bit because your militia group, the Camel County Militia Group, Bedford, Amherst, and, and all the groups around here, they're not just a bunch of bubbas and yahoos that got together and say we're going to call ourselves a militia. Talk about how the Constitution says that you you guys didn't just form. You're formed legally through the Constitution and through ordinances. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if uh you talk to people about the Second Amendment, and I may have said this last time I was on. If I did, probably needs to be said again. You'll hear Go me ahead. say it again. That's right. That's um, right. When you, whenever you ask people, what does the Second Amendment say? They always leap to the last portion of the amendment and say that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And that's true. But what about the first half? What does the first half of that amendment say? Because I really think the thrust of that amendment is the first half. The first half says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Necessary to the security of a free state. Mm -hmm. 
In other words, we can't maintain a status of independence without a well-regulated militia. And that's a, a duty and a responsibility that we as the people have just completely abandoned for several hundred years, I would say. And, you know, you look at the Constitution of uh, Virginia, and it goes into even more detail, defines exactly what the militia is, breaks it down into three parts, the National Guard, the Virginia Defense Force, and the unorganized militia, which it defines as the whole body of the people, the whole body of the people ages 16 to 55 trained to arms. And we've just completely and utterly dropped the ball on that. Where are these militias? You know, I I partially blame organizations like the NRA that have been so vibrantly standing up for the Second Amendment for so long. NRA is the most powerful lobbying organization in the world. And I would love to see them promote and push well-regulated militias. You know, the, the NRA is just filled with exceptional people and I would love to see those people not just be leaders of the National Rifle Association, but also be leaders of their local militias because... It's the next step. We, it's we what need we need. Them. That's yeah. exactly right. We You're need right. I would, I would love to see them get behind that movement. It's kind of like, you know, getting involved with your local militia is... Uh, and, and they need everybody. We're, uh, I've been to a couple of their meetings. They've got a huge diversity of different types of people, which is which is great. They're, you got um, use of force training coming up. Mm-hmm. You're constantly training on professional standards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just the militia is going to respond to something, you know, when it gets bad. But these guys were also talking about... Uh, uh, disaster relief. When something bad happens, the militia is going to be here. So it's not what you think it is. I encourage everybody to go to one of their meetings. Um, contact Dan. Contact me. I can get you in, in touch with Dan. But go to one of their meetings. You're going to be surprised because I was. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was more like a uh, a classroom setting, and I was I was very impressed. Yeah, because you know, Marco, that's a we're, we're kind of fighting an uphill battle. If you look at militia from a historical standpoint, that was all the finest men in the community that were the leaders of those organizations that kind of steered the ship. It was your your Patrick Henry's, your Thomas Jefferson's, your your George Washington, Samuel Adams, John Hancock, and all these men, they're, they're lawyers, they're businessmen, they're pastors of churches, they're mayors of towns, they're, they were the men that were already the leaders in the community and they also stepped up to lead in that capacity. Yep. And that's what we need today is we need the we need the finest men, the men who are already leaders to step up and lead their, their local militias because that's what that's what keeps us on track. It keeps us plugged into our political scene and our uh, our local environment, and it's it's important because if if we have a model where the people are armed and trained and organized, that acts as a deterrent. It acts as a deterrent to tyranny. You know, we saw it with uh, one of the admirals after the the Second World War said that the. Imperial Japan would never invade America because there would be a gun behind every blade of grass. Mm-hmm. And so we already know that the armed status of America acts as a deterrent to foreign powers that they won't invade. And it, you know, that shows us that our model of a well-regulated militia and the people being armed and trained to arms is a deterrent to foreign powers. It, it literally keeps us free. And, uh, you know, we need to remember that. If, if the world was put on notice that every county in America had an armed, trained local body to protect them, you would never consider it. It, it would just be out of the question that a foreign right. power would invade. Right. WSLS was there yesterday. They did a pretty good story. One thing I'm not sure about, when I saw the headlines, it said something about 
we were there to uh, to protest Northam or something like that. It really wasn't. That wasn't the focus. Um, I, I don't know if, if I really liked the headlines because I don't even know if his name was mentioned much when we were there. It was it was more sticking up for our rights and and given given direction to what's happening. Uh, of course, he's at the helm. Governor Northam is at the helm of, of the bad stuff that's happening in this in this state. Um, yeah, you know, but I don't. But it wasn't a it wasn't a gathering where we just got together and trashed him, and that's kind of what the media. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. I, I think that headline was was misleading. Yeah, um, I don't think it was an intentionally misleading. Necessarily, no, I don't either. But I don't it, either. It, it was. It sells stories, though. That's right. That's right. And you know, it's it's a good point that you're that you're making there because really the idea is to support the the local politicians and the local government because if you look at the the purpose of government in America being to protect individual liberty and to keep power of the people or power at the lowest level, what does power of the people mean? Does that mean that as a private citizen that I retain the power myself and I do what I want and no one tells me what to do? No, that's not what's meant by that. The The idea behind power of the people is that the power or the bulk of the power in America lies at the lowest level of government. And in our case, that's, that's our county boards of supervisors. And the, the idea that the bulk of the governing governance would be done at this level is, is something that's really lost. It's, you know, we place a huge amount of emphasis on national election, who's going to sit in the Oval Office, on, you know, who's going to sit in the governor's mansion for Virginia. And really, we should be much, much more concerned about our, our local level politics. And that was, a, that was a big part of the emphasis is that Campbell County, the city of Lynchburg, Appomattox County, wherever that, those local jurisdictions are, they shouldn't be being strong-armed by the state government or the federal government. Right, the, right. They're expected to have autonomy. They should be able to govern themselves. There's no reason that if, if the people of Appomattox, and I'm just using this as an example, if the people of Appomattox, who's adjacent to Campbell County, really believe in the mask mandates and the social distancing and all of that, that they shouldn't be able to enact those type of policies at their local level. Whereas if Campbell County next door doesn't believe in that and their people don't, their government should be reflective of those people, and they should enact laws, ordinances, and such that are reflective of the will of the people at the local level or at the lowest level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I <clears throat> I heard uh, credible from cre- very credible sources that uh, ABC, which is Alcohol Beverage Control, was uh, making rounds in Lynchburg, Campbell County, Bedford. I think it was two weekends ago uh, with the health department. So. They're going in uh, with tactical gear on, vest. ABC t- traditionally wears plain clothes. So now they've got uniforms, a couple of guys going in uniform, visiting these businesses. Yeah, so- to me, that's flat-out intimidation. And I'm pro-law enforcement. Don't get me wrong. I, I am I a retired cop, and I back the blue. But I will not back the blue when they turn into bullies at the hand of uh, a politician. I'll, I'll do one better than a reliable source, Marco. I was in a restaurant two Fridays ago, and the it was the Friday that the alcohol prohibition after 10 o'clock had started. Mm-hmm. And so the alcohol was off the table by 10. I was in there much later than 10. I don't drink anyway, so I don't really care if there's alcohol on the table. And later in the evening, probably about 11 o'clock, a Virginia health inspector and a uniformed 
plate carrier wearing, weapon toting, ABC enforcement officer came into the restaurant. They were in the restaurant less than two minutes. They walked through the dining hall and, or the dining room and then headed back for the door. And on their way out, they said, hi, we're, we're just here to ensure compliance. Thanks and have a nice night. Probably the mask, you uh, think? I think the, the bulk of their thrust because it was ABC enforcement was uh-huh. that they were making sure the alcohol was off the table. Yeah. Okay. What, have we gone back to prohibition here? Right, we're, right. We're not, you know, we, we talk about not free places like communist Russia. Right. Communist Russia, you can still drink. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but I immediately followed them outside and they had three unmarked cruisers, five uniformed body armor wearing enforcement officers and two health inspectors. Embarrassing for them. I would be absolutely embarrassed if I was on that detail. I was I was very, very disappointed, Marco. Yeah. I was I was shocked and disappointed that's the way they were conducting themselves. And through a little bit of digging, um, they're claiming that they're being threatened. My first thought is, what is it that you're doing that makes people feel so desperate that they mm-hmm. have to threaten you? Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was very, very disappointed in yeah. in, in their conduct. That, that's not, was, yeah, that's. It was to me, it was abundantly clear that what was taking place was intimidation and extortion. Mm-hmm. You know, was, and that's why we had the rally yesterday, mm-hmm. folks. We have got to get on top of this again. I. I uh, I'm not attacking the ABC officers because they have supervisors who are taking orders from probably politicians and supervisors. Um, but there's going to be a time where, where there's going to be, I took a, an oath when I was mm-hmm. a cop and that's not, that's to uphold the constitution. And so there's starting to be a fine line with law enforcement where they may not be upholding the constitution. There was a, a, a fiasco in New York city with a, a bar owner mm-hmm that was escorted out and arrested uh, by uh, undercover officers went in there and made an order and they were served and they weren't wearing a mask and he was arrested. My goodness, people, this is what we've come to. Uh, and, and that's where we need to get together um, and just support our law enforcement. But when our law enforcement starts doing, starts acting out of the code of the Constitution, it's time to, to shift gears and, a little you bit. Know, Marco, I'm, you know, of course, with my military background, it typically goes hand in hand. I'm about as pro-law enforcement as you're going to find. And I completely understand that, you know, particularly for law enforcement guys, it's not just a job. It's also a career, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. particularly for more senior officers. They've been here a long time. They've been doing this forever, and it's it's their career. It's their livelihood. You know, I, I talked to a uh, a Capitol Police officer that has been with them for quite some time, and you know, we discussed this fine line between you know honoring your oath and standing up for the Constitution and doing what you're told and protecting your career, your livelihood, your way of putting food on the table. And I asked him, I said, you know, if you get fired from here, where do you go? Mm-hmm. And he said, he says, you tell me. He said, if you get fired from the Capitol Police in Richmond, he says, no one is no. going to hire you. Yeah. He says, you're done. You, yeah. you switch to a different career. You go right. be a greeter at Walmart. Right. You're blackballed. And, you know, I, I completely understand that. However, at some point, we need to accept the fact that as law enforcement or military personnel, we may be asked to do something that is an unlawful order or calls on us to violate our oath of enlistment. And that's something that we need to be thinking long and hard about and figuring out where that line is and how far we're willing to lean over the line right. to follow an order right. and to protect our livelihoods. Because right. 
you know. and, and we're not sitting here trashing law enforcement. We're not trashing ABC, not at all. But uh, I can tell you from experience, uh, when I was a cop in Florida, uh, back back in the day, you had to have a tube to get HBO to your TV. You plug the tube in the back of the TV and to the wire. And I had a, uh, a city councilman's son that was uh, selling illegal HBO tubes, Cinemax tubes, uh, some pay-per-view tubes out of a hotel room. Multi-million dollar hit it could have been to HBO and some of these contractors. We're getting ready to make an undercover buy on him. I get pulled in the office and told, drop it. Back off. Leave him alone. Drop the case. Do not do any more investigation. And I know that that came from the father who is a city councilman. So this was back in 92 when politicians got involved in police work. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something, right now they're heavily involved in police work. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I don't ever remember the, the city councilman, uh, I don't ever remember seeing him in the police academy or taking any law classes, but he's calling the shots to the police chief who's telling me to drop that investigation. And he walked, we never arrested him uh, because of who he was. And, and that's not good at all. Yeah, that's that, that's disappointing to hear, Marco, for sure, you know. It happens, though. It's happening. The politicians, and, and I think it's happening even more now, where we have mayors that are telling the police officers in these towns and cities, stand down, stand down, let them trash wherever. Um, yeah. You know, I, Marco, I look at my my role now with the National Guard. I, you know, I spent time on active duty, and now with the National Guard, and yes, I, I wear a uniform. Yes, I, I work for the state and the, the federal government, but I'm American first. Mm -hmm. And my, my citizenship as an American will always supersede my service to a government or a governing official. Um, you know, the, the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land. The Supremacy Clause makes that very, very clear. And, you know, we, we have inalienable, boy, I'm going to have a hard time with that word. I'm, no, we'll I'm not even going to try to say you, that. You know what word I'm talking I know, about. I know, everybody else does. <laughs> I won't go there either. <laughs> Rights that are given to us by God, and they're reaffirmed in the Constitution. And that oath that I took will always supersede orders that are given to me. And if I receive an order, and all of us who are, are wearing any of those uniforms, whether it's military or law enforcement or holding elected seats in government, we should be taking that oath very, very seriously and looking at everything that we do through that lens that does this or does this not call on me to violate the oath that I took in front of the people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to read. I'm gonna, the, if you're interested in the militia, and, and let's reiterate that, uh, that they're professional guys and girls. They're of all walks of life. There's attorneys that are in the in this group there's yeah, I've business got owners lawyers attorneys business owners we have politicians that come to our meetings regularly right um none of them are members because they view it as possibly being a conflict of interest mm -hmm. i'm not sure i i'm 100 percent on board that it is a conflict of interest but i certainly respect that that they're approaching it in that that way because i, I think their approach is correct right and uh but yeah we we have Tons and tons and tons of people who are very involved with their communities, very well respected, that hold good jobs, security clearances, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, the more people like that that we can get, the better. Right, right. And it's it's uh, militias based on community service, community support. I, I, You know, we've talked before, the last thing, the very last thing 
that we want to go to is guns and bullets. You know, we, oh, we don't want to do that. But th- being in the militia and being there yesterday at the event where we're only, I say only 300 people, that was a decent turnout, but it could, it should have been more 1500. Um, Supporting your local militia, supporting your local politicians that are on the same belief as you, it's just like getting in your car and putting on your seatbelt. You may not ever get in a wreck, but you got your seatbelt on. It's the same thing as having a fire extinguisher in your kitchen, or the same reason why you go to the doctor for regular health checks. Maybe nothing's wrong, but if something goes wrong, you know, once the storm hits, it's the time to prepare is over. That's so, right. And, at least contact the the website is Campbell Militia C A M P B E L L Militia dot com. Um, their their um, email address is info at CampbellMilitia dot com. You can if you forget that if you're driving you can't write it down. Contact me on T Four Tactics Facebook page, social media, website, whatever. I'll give you their information. Dan is very very reachable. Um, do you want to give any contact information for yeah, yourself? I or- will. Uh- I'll do the same thing I did last time. I'll give out my cell phone number. I don't have any issue. You guys can call me, text me anytime. If I don't answer, I'll try to get back to you. But it's area code 518-338-5112. Say it one more time. It's area code 518-338-5112. Yep. So you're going to be talking to the top man in charge. Um, but support your militia and, and think about uh, helping support uh, the word in, in town about that. But... We've got some things that are happening in this country that are just around the corner, and we have absolutely got to be prepared. We've got to be prepared with the right people that are professional people. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think I've pretty well said enough. You have. You have. Yeah, yeah. We've probably ruffled some feathers, but uh, but I think we've, we need to get the point across, folks. We need to prepare. We have got to prepare and be ready. So you've been listening to uh, Active Listening with T4 Taxes with Dan Abbott, the Executive Officer of Campbell County Militia. Hope you guys have a safe day, reduce injuries, and be safe. Take care, everyone.